0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Hello, everyone. Tonight, we're going to do a revelation of the method. Joining me are Crow777, Wayne McCroy, and Randy from Houston is going to be joining us for the first few minutes. How is everyone doing tonight? Excellent.
1: (laughs) I'm good. Sorry, I'm tired, too. All right, let's make
0: sure the audio is good here. I think we're going out live now. Let me double-check everything. oh that
2: called Crow 777 uh, Tired 2? 777 Tired? <laughs> yeah, I
1: need, I need, CP, I need CPRR.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: All right, so that's good. We look good that's there. Wayne, you just got real small, though. That's not good. He looks oh, no! I got <laughs> to fix this. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, hello, everyone. Oh, Thank you for man. being here. OBS is very touchy, I'll tell you.
1: It
0: looks okay to me. All right. So we can leave that right there. I won't touch that anymore. Ugh. All right, everybody. Here we are. All right. So we are going to... now. see, it's doing the jumpy thing again. Why is it doing no.
1: that? He's gone. Now he's back. Oh, now he's tiny.
0: Oh. I'm just going to leave that right there. But anyway... It's okay,
1: guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> at least you've got internet this week, right?
3: Yeah, that's a good thing. That's
0: half the fight. <laughs> All right, so uh, Randy's coming on to discuss. Yes. For a few minutes, we're going to talk about lower the friction because that's Randy's thing. I've had 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 the uh, the product in my car for over a week, and I'm getting between three and four miles per gallon extra as of awesome. this week. And I've put awesome. I, I did a lot of driving this week, so I've filled up my gas tank twice and that is where i'm at right now but randy what should i be getting does that sound about right
2: that sounds about right i mean it varies with their their your driving conditions uh some people drive a little bit heavy foot others drive light like myself i tend to you know just throttle my accelerator just ease on down the road i don't try to you know in and out of traffic a steady matter of fact my van i'm carrying uh in my detailing business i have about 1,200 pounds of cargo. That's a water tank, water generator, power washer, all that stuff in there. The tag says 16 to 20 miles per gallon is what I'm supposed to get without a load, okay, carrying 1,200 pounds. Today on the way back from south side of Houston coming down, a good steady drive, I got 26.8 miles to the gallon, okay? Now, this is a van with 216,000 miles on it. I think that's pretty gum good, you know? But there's other little tweaks that you can do also. And if if everybody would like to go to my page, uh, lowerthefriction.com, I have a new page up there that says Better MPG Tips. And you can go in there and just read across it, and it tells you different little things you can do. A lot of it's just good old common sense. uh, But do those little tips, and uh, you'll find it'll it'll actually help your gas mileage even a little bit better than just, uh, just adding the product to it. Even if you don't buy a product, you know, uh, some people maybe not can't afford it or whatever, but uh, if you don't, just do those particular things and it'll help your mileage just a little bit better. But when you add the product to your engine, uh, it treats all the parts, coats all the parts real good, gives it a smoother idle, more horsepower, better fuel economy, mo- improved compression, uh, lowers a lot of cars with uh, maybe that consumes a little oil. It'll lower your oil consumption, uh, lower the temperature in all the parts fewer port wear, longer engine life. It just goes on and on. All those good things you'd want to have in your engine, it does for it, you know. And I'm glad to hear that you're getting good gas mileage or better gas mileage at this point too. I
0: definitely am. It also seems to be a little quieter, the car in general, even though I yes. don't have an old car. The car's only just going on two years old, but uh, it just seems in general that it's a little bit quieter. So I assume Absolutely. that means that in general it's more efficient, right?
2: That's it. That's it, the rolling resistance. It takes a certain amount of horsepower just to move all those parts inside that engine. So when you start eliminating that friction or that that rolling resistance, as it's called, your engine is freer to give up some of that horsepower that puts it back for for your use. And by it doing that, it takes less gasoline just to keep the motor running. So your gas mileage will improve also. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. So the product I'm using is the Lower the Friction engine oil treatment, which is 59.99. correct?
2: Correct. Yeah. And also we have a uh, fuel treatment also. A lot of people like to get both of them at the same time. The fuel treatment, what it does, you pour it in your gas. Now, when you get the bottle, a lot of people look at it and go like, well, that's just a small bottle, but this is super concentrated product. The, the manufacturer, what they've done, they basically took all the junk out of Because a lot of these companies, they give you a big old bottle of stuff, pour it in your gas tank. Well, it's just a bunch of inert stuff that doesn't really need to be in there. It does nothing for the engine. What this does, they, they got rid of all the stuff and it just left the part that does the lubricating of all the injectors or your carburetor inside of the parts and all that. But it cleans it super clean. And, of course, it makes your... Uh, your combustion a little bit better cleans and, and uh, lubricates the upper cylinders so in other words right where the piston comes very to the very top those who understand what inside of an engine looks like as your piston comes up a lot of time it doesn't really get that lubricated right up there Well th- what this does it lubricates it from the fuel side of it and of course that helps with your fuel economy just a little bit better also a great great product so you know a lot of people like to order it at the same time, both products, put it in at the same time, and uh, go with it like that. But, yeah, great stuff. We're having a lot of people who are reporting back to me across the country uh, of improved gas mileage. And uh, we actually got a, one of our uh, listeners here. I don't know if he's on tonight, but uh, he's got his product, I think, in tonight, matter of fact, for him. And uh, he said he would report back to me uh, as soon as he had about two months of good driving on it. And uh, he's really excited to to uh, to get it in his car and, and go with it. Matter of fact, he made another order and just placed an order for a bottle of the uh, fuel treatment. So I'm um, sure he's going to be excited to get that also. So good luck with that, man. And uh, you'll see it. You'll see some great improvements in in your engines and stuff too. Yeah. Got any other questions there, Jason?
0: I see someone in the uh, chat room. Where did it go? Marky is asking, does this mix with synthetic oil? That's actually the only thing that has ever gone in my little Honda. So I'm going to assume the answer to that is yes. But is there a, a, a larger answer than that, Randy?
2: That That is, that is a good question. <clears throat> it will mix with any lubricant that you have. Some people use synthetic. Some people just use regular motor oil. Some people just use the basic cheap oil that they can get because that's basically all they can put in a car. It will mix with any of it. The oil acts as a carrier. That's all the oil does. It acts like a carrier. But as it goes through all the parts of your engine, it's actually going in and it's locking in with the pores of the engine right into the metal. It's locking in with it. So, yes, any oil that you have, synthetic, it's a great oil. Uh, Yeah, it'll mix with any of it. It does not change the tolerances of your engine or anything like that. Uh, So, yeah, any oil that you use. works with it yes
0: uh let's see i keep losing my place in the chat room here but someone asked about uh is it good for older vehicles
2: absolutely it's great for brand new cars because you start stopping the wear and tear right off the bat but older cars what it does it it basically kind of rejuvenates them a lot of times when cars drive for many many years the rings When I say the ring starts sticking, that's a little ring. It's on the piston itself that kind of flexes out and grabs the side of the cylinder wall. It'll get gummed up with stuff in there or just a little bit of carbon. So the fuel treatment will help clean the top of the pistons off. The other product that goes into the engine, the the oil additive or engine treatment, as it goes in, it loosens those rings up and they're able to just start flexing again and going against the cylinder wall, and you get better compression, and you'll see actually better horsepower because you don't have that gases passing by the, the uh, rings quite as easily as it did before. So in other words, the rings, the pistons, and everything start really working the way it was when it was newer. So absolutely. Older cars, oh, you'll see a good difference in that. I had a guy the other day reported to me. And he had uh, 316,000 miles or 317,000 miles on a Lexus.
0: Hmm.
2: He treated it. He came back. He actually drove by the house. He said, hey, man, I had to tell you this. He said, my car feels like it's a brand new car. He said, the horsepower, the power that just get up and go, he said, it's just like it was almost like it was brand new. And this was over 300,000 miles. So absolutely, guys, it really works in older cars, too. And if you want to drive them a little bit longer, there you go. It helps your, your vehicle last longer. I'm planning on driving my carvo, cargo van and see if I can hit a million miles with it. And maybe GMC will give me a brand new one. I don't know. What do y'all think? <laughs>
1: they that <laughs> should. That'd be great. <laughs> if you could if do a million miles, that'll
2: give you two of them. <laughs> but, you know. Who knows? We'll, we'll see when that time comes, you know? All right, let's see if uh, we had trying a couple look, more questions. I was trying to look through there and see if I see any more. Do you see any more? Yeah, I did. Uh, does it help repair
0: oil seals from inside the engine?
2: Well, when you have damage to an engine, when I say damage to an engine, an oil seal, a lot of times they're just worn out, and you can't fix what's worn out by just throwing an additive in there. Now, there is some additives that you can put into an engine that will cause these seals to swell to a certain amount and that works temporarily, but the seal is actually worn out. I had a well, three or four years ago, I had a rear main seal in my van. I tried different products to put in there to try to swell it up. It just kept getting worse and worse. So literally had to go and have it replaced. So when parts like that are just flat out worn out, there's no product that's really going to rebuild that gasket, even though it's a pain and you know what to try to go in there and fix. But, uh, no, it won't. It won't fix that. If it's worn out that bad, it might help it slide across its seal a little bit better, but it's not going to repair it or stop it from leaking at that point. You know.
0: Houston Skywatch is asking. By the way, hello, Houston Skywatch. It's been a while. Nice to see you here. Uh, hey. How does it vary from Seafoam? I'm not familiar with that, but how about you, Randy? Uh,
2: Seafoam is a good product. Uh, Seafoam is uh, is a cleaner. Uh, But our engine or our fuel treatment will make seafoam look like kid stuff. (laughs) It really goes in there and it cleans. and, And I mean, when I say it cleans, it cleans the pistons. It cleans all the fuel injectors. What happens with a lot of diesels is the fuel injectors are the tolerances are so tight that because they're they're spraying that fuel in there, such high pressure and a lot of your newer cars. They've got high-pressure fuel pumps that sprays it in at like I don't know, upwards of a thousand pounds of of spray, and uh, the tolerances have to be really really tight for that to not leak back through when it sprays. What happens is, uh, especially in sulfur in fuel for diesels, it goes in and it forms a little crust in there, and the fuel injector will stop working. When this stuff hits that injector and all that carbon or whatever there is there, it just like it just immediately just just cleans it right off of there so uh, it'll it'll clean that stuff up good now seafoam I've used it before Um, I really didn't see a lot but I'm not going to dog it out because you know there's a lot of good products out there on the market but I can just tell you this this stuff here flat out works straight up
0: absolutely I'm seeing it working so far again I'm getting three to four miles per gallon every week for the past, uh, well, what has it been? About eight, nine days now, to ten days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. it's, it's working for me so far, but I'm going to keep reporting back. Well, so
2: one, one last thing before we hop off here, and I know you guys want to get into your program. and I don't want to take up all your time here, but one thing that y'all may want to put a pencil to: just figure if you're getting even just one or two miles per gallon. Okay, and just figure your whole tank how many, uh, how many gallons you have, how many miles extra you get per tank then do that over the next week or the next month and then for a year and then say oh i just saved myself so many gallons of fuel well that how many dollars is that at the end of the year it will well pay for the engine treatment easily and then it it just keeps on going and going and going so yeah think about it that way and uh it's a it's a great investment into your car for durability and uh making it last a long long time too how often is it recommended to put the product in there? I recommend about every twelve to fifteen thousand miles now that's usually about a, every year because right. uh, most of us drive about you know that amount of time. If you're towing a vehicle like if you have a trailer you're towing a lot of heavy loads or you have a truck that's towing a a camper or something like that, you may want to do it about every ten thousand miles just to assure that you have that good protection all the time. Uh, it's not like that. It just like poof, it goes away. But you know, if you can refresh it and just keep it going, keep it going, it, it's not going to hurt. It's it's just going to make it just make it even better.
0: Cool beans. All right, Randy, thank you so right. much. And remember, we do have a promotion going on. If you go to lowerthefriction.com and put in <clears throat> promo code SOS, that'll get you five percent off your order. Yep.
2: Yep. That's it. That is it, man, and uh, hey, I appreciate you guys letting me come in tonight, and uh, y'all have a good night, and I'm going I'm to be watching what's going on here and chiming in every now and then, so uh, hey, appreciate the airtime just for a few minutes here, and everybody, go check the site out, read across it, you know, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to uh, send me a text message or call me, and my number's on the website, so uh, yeah, I'm glad to help y'all out any way I can. Thank you much. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Thanks, Randy. We'll talk soon, brother. Have a good night, All right, brother. Buddy. Good night. Good night. Bye. By the way, what does everybody think of this new nifty logo I made? I was playing around with DaVinci Resolve. I wanted something cool for the live stream. So there it is. Check that out before I put our lovely faces back up. All right, Wayne, we're ready to get into this.
3: Ready when you are, my friend. Ready when you are.
0: Alright, here we go. Alright, let's see if I can get you evened out because for some reason Skype was being difficult.
3: Yeah. Skype is always difficult. It keeps
0: and bouncing you off the out. screen quick, for some to, uh, reason. And I, I have to keep rearranging to give quick,
3: things. Give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Fringe FM for running the first hour.
0: Except on I don't the think Fringe, we're there so. tonight, but hey, we might at some point. Hello. All right, let's
3: see. Howdy.
0: It's not going to cooperate now. Let's make sure everything's working right. So hopefully we're all there.
3: Okay, bugs out of the system. Ready to roll?
0: I think so. All right. I don't know if Crow came back yet. I know he stepped out for a moment. I'm here. But tonight we're going to talk about... guy's wings. (laughs) Tonight we're going to (laughs) discuss Revelation of the Method. Uh, That may sound familiar to a lot of people, but... uh, Wayne, this is one of those things you're really into, so why don't you explain what it actually means so folks can get a very solid idea?
3: All right. In a lot of the uh, different, uh, quote-unquote, conspiratorial circles, they call this predictive programming, and basically what this is is, uh, you know, the powers that be tends to put a lot of messages out, uh, primarily in our entertainment, uh, to kind of give us an indication as to things they have planned and what they're going to do. Uh, there are other places where they, they convey this information, uh, some of which are, you know, some of their own secret writings that they share within the secret societies. And we'll get into that a little later here because, you know, there, you could find some very telling things in some of those writings. And uh, other places they like to do this is they like to use uh, classical myths, particularly the Greek myths or the Romanized versions of those, uh, basically as, as templates. Uh, to put forward ideas and concepts. And uh, they also like to use other various things to put these forth. Um, The Holy Bible being a a big one right now, and uh, I go into that a little more heavily in my new book that I'm writing right now. But that they use as a blueprint for a lot of these things as well. And uh, one of the popular things that they're doing right now, uh, through using our entertainment this revelation of the method that we'll call it. Uh, That's what they refer to it as within the secret societies, by the way. It's not anything that we've invented or not a term we've invented or anything. Right. But uh, that's what they call this predictive programming within their own circles. It's revelation of the method. And one of the popular things that they like to use right now within our entertainment is cartoons. They've been using cartoons to convey a lot of truths and a lot of their plans lately. So that's one of those things where you can look and see um, things to come. Really, when it comes down to it.
1: Cool. Should we uh, should we get into why they do revelation of method? I think that's probably very important.
0: Oh, look at that! We just hit a hundred people. Awesome! Glad to see you. One hundred and one! Yay! All right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be from a lot of different angles. And the thing is, it's it's kind of like the completion of the spell might be a safe way to put it. I don't know if you guys quite agree with that, but uh, I'm trying to think of the simplest, simplest way to explain it to people, what this means. It's, That's it. Right. It, it's it, like when, when they're doing these things to us, the social engineering stuff, but the, there's more esoteric... There's more esoteric things behind it and all that, but... Um, Crow, why don't you go ahead and take oh. that? Because I know you just did a <clears throat> chat on his SGT report, in fact, that um, you guys went into this big time. and I didn't even realize you were going to do that at first.
1: Well, it's there's, there's a lot more to this, I'm sure Wayne knows or could add, um, than what I've covered. What I'm covering is what people should understand. Because what we see, so we've been at this for years now, and people keep going to dig up the proof. Look, this was fake. Here's the proof. They pre-echoed it. And what they've in fact done is they've completed the spell for the people who planned it. You, you are not a genius for finding that proof. That <laughs> proof was put there for you to find. In the same way the cheese was put in the mouse trap to entice the mouse. the cartoon was created so you will think that you're the king researcher of all time and present your evidence to prove. But this is what's happened. Yes, it is the completing of the spell because what we're talking about is alchemy of the mind. It is alchemy being misused to basically warp minds. But there's more to it than that. The first thing that happens when revelation of method is completed, you're demoralized, whether you want to admit it or not. What's happened is you know beyond doubt that you've been screwed over or duped or lied to or whatever you want to call it, and you feel helpless. How can it be that we've got this proof? Look, these were lies, but nobody's doing anything about it. That's part of the reason revelation of method is used, but here there's more. So if you go back to the principles of common law, there's this idea that if something is done that you don't agree with and you make no reasonable push against it, then you've given tacit permission. That's the big deal. So not only have you been demoralized, and not only that, the reputation rises because everyone thinks these guys are so big and powerful, no one can do anything about it. So not only are you demoralized, you've puffed up this phony illusion around it that it seems like a million people when it's probably five Um, and beyond that you've given your tacit permission the thing about tacit permission based on common law is that each of us listening right now has a birthright to common law but we've kind of lost it for the reasons we've covered in other episodes we can claim it back but the point is is we have a birthright that we're not using but someone else is they're using this principle to get tacit permission it is the most powerful thing that could be handed anyone because basically what it means is you have handed a license to someone to do highway robbery or whatever the problem was whatever the lie was you've handed them an official license with your signature so to speak on the bottom and every time someone digs up one of these cartoons to say look i told you this was nonsense what they've done is they've collected a million signatures for tacit tacit permission there's a lot more to it than that, but that's what you should know. And so what we have to start doing here is growing up. If you know a source lies, then why do you listen to that source? Why do you spend your life on the hamster wheel digging for the, the details that were put there to trap you? Immediately, if the TV talks to you, you should already be thinking, I'm being lied to. Because if you do that, you're not starting the revelation. What you're doing is you're saying, I don't take this seriously. If enough people don't take it seriously, then their mousetrap lies empty. Um, what would you add to that, Wayne?
3: Uh, that's a very good descriptor uh, that you gave. I would add to that that this is also a way uh, that they kind of usurp the karma wheel in a way, too. This is a way that they use to try to, to sidestep uh, the karmic uh, you know, things that, that happen in regards to this stuff. So right. this is one Permission. way that they, they utilize right. this. Yeah, they, they use consent. And uh, what I call this is metaphysical consent. That's the term I use for it. And this basically uh, is one of the key premises you need to understand for everything, because this all ties back to the free will principle. So if they're violating your free will, they can't do that without your tacit permission. And they view your your lack of uh, standing up against this stuff or speaking out or saying anything as your permission so th- this is your consent so they view this as your consent and it's a manufactured form of consent that they use for this but this is one way that they trying to try to skirt uh... karmic principles is is through this method and uh... this is one of those things where uh, like you said it is the completion of the spell when you see the revelation of the method when you see stuff put out there uh... in in popular media that's there for somebody to find they don't just let these things uh, just randomly happen and fall into place that's put there specifically for a reason they do a lot of long-term planning on things so they usually have stuff planned out for long time in advance let's uh just look at a current event here uh the, the death of kobe bryant uh, this is a perfect example uh, there was a, a cartoon on comedy central three years ago that uh Showed that very same premise that happened—that Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter
1: crash. It was in a cartoon on Comedy Central three years ago. And you might, that's the exact you might scenario to, that played out. You might want to say KB, or you're going to end up taking Jason down. Okay, uh, I'll be very <laughs> careful then. Uh, that basketball dude.
3: <laughs> yes, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, so you've you've got all these these bear traps all over the place, as you term it, Crow. And and this is the same kind of thing. So you're watching this news report, and this terrible thing has happened. And everywhere you go, people are going to be talking about it. And if you say, hey, that's fake news, dude, they're going to totally think you're nuts. And that's all part and parcel of what goes along with this whole revelation of the method thing. Because, uh, you know, when you go out and have this reaction to it, people are taking this stuff as being real. OK, this they see this as reality when this happens. So uh, it's it just kind of cements it all the more for the power structure, okay? because this is the thing. If you could look at something and know that it's nonsense, but uh, there's no way you can convince anybody else that it's nonsense, then what good is that? That, that kind of puts you further into the spell and, and kind of uh, vampirizes your energy towards that more. So that, that's kind of one of the things that goes along with it. It does. It puts you in a state of uh, helplessness where you feel helpless and defeated. And it's done that way on purpose just for that reason. Because it does. It it, it draws, you know, your energetic principles and power
1: f- for that particular thing that they're revealing. You know, for all the effort that's put into all this, which is the reason we're done it, doing the show, if a person simply was on social media or something and said, I saw the news today. What nonsense? There's really no better response than that. And if a thousand people did that, wow, if a million people did that, guess what? The mousetrap just got stripped of its cheese. Um, And the problem, kind of what Wayne was skirting there, is not only is this planned for a long time in advance, It's been done ad nauseum. It has been proved effective so many times. And before it was ever misused to be warping minds as it is now, it was an alchemical procedure in someone's laboratory where they're making medicine. Um, What people forget about alchemy is if you're doing a spagyric and you're making a remedy, some medicinal thing you're trying to make out of basil or something, you've always got to remember as you go through the procedures, the breaking apart, the purification, the alchemical wedding, the idea of revelation, of each of these things you do to a real plant in a real lab setting um, can be applied to the human being. That's the whole purpose of alchemy, to show you that you are part of the natural world. And look, this basil that you know is perfect because God made it, you can break it apart and perfect it to a higher degree. Um, these ideas can then be applied to the person. So you've got to understand That before any of these things were ever misused, if there ever was such a time, maybe there wasn't, I don't know. But my point is, it was already proven to work. So it's not like, you know, you've got to get a genius beyond genius every time this comes around. They're basically just refashioning a lab experiment that's been done a few million times for millennia. Um, that's something to keep in mind and understand. And this is why knowing something of alchemy, knowing Greek myth, the idea of a classic education, knowing enough Latin to be able to break down roots and suffixes, um, and prefixes. These are important things because you won't be fooled. And once you are not fooled, what you do next matters. And that's why we're talking about this. If you say it's nonsense and you don't take any truck with it, you've done the best you can do. Um, But on the other hand, if you go dig up some damn cartoon that was put there for you three years ago, well, woe to all of us. Here comes the revelation. And by the way, um, I'm pushing, I'm on the short side of being 60. Right before I was born, a big event happened in this country. To this day, I'm waiting to see the revelation of method. And the day that I see the revelation of method will be indicator that we're in a rough you know what's Clooney say we're in a tight spot i'll be looking for the damn hair treatment you know that's how tight a spot we'll be (laughs) um but that's you know these are things that you've got to start to recognize because this endless rabbit hole nonsense in the chat rooms that's been going on for so long needs to become a little higher minded and a little more well thought out
0: so someone's asking uh let me see where did it go Mage and Majestic, why do you guys think they do these rituals? Well, again, it's the finishing of the spell, whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. That's the, that's the short answer, but who wants to take a long answer there?
1: I'll give, I'll give the only answer we ever need to give, because right now somebody wants to control everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And this is how they're going to do it. In the old days, they made runs at it. They used bullets and bombs and armies. And what they learned is, you know what, when people start fighting it can get out of control so quickly, and someone who wants to control it all, the last thing they ever want is loss of control so now it's about your mind now it's the animal farm it's the barn, wall, and animal farm now it's Brave New World with the Soma and these other things to control the human mind, that is lock, stock and barrel what any of this is about and it's that simple I would also add that it's also about uh,
3: life energy. That's the primary motivator for these people. This this stuff draws on your life energy. When you, you devote attention to these things and you go down that rabbit trail and you look, you see, okay, well, this, this happened today and then three years ago I discovered here there's a, a cartoon that depicts the same thing. Huh, I wonder if this is a fake event, a staged event, Or if it's a real event and it's a ritual sacrifice, then you start going down that rabbit hole. See, it's captured your mind. It's got your life energy. It's drawn your life energy away from you and towards this thing. So uh, a lot of times it's just good enough to recognize nonsense for nonsense and then step away from it. But uh, it, it is a thing within this community that we do have, this small community of uh, truthers or conspiracy theorists or whatever in the world they all want to label us as. uh, It's a thing where people see this stuff, they recognize it, and then they go off on these tangents and try and figure out every little last detail of it. And uh, it's, it's a dead end. It's almost always a dead end when you go down that trail. And all it does is suck your life energy and your attention from you. So this is what it is. It's it's a it's a trap. It's a mind trap for you. Most of these things will never resolve. But uh you know, we, we need to recognize them for what they are and we need to think things through thoroughly with this stuff. And uh you kind of need to get a little bit more of an esoteric uh background on these things and take a look at them because this stuff's not nonsense, although uh, you know, you look at uh, how society these days views things that they, they call occult or esoteric or anything of the sort, uh, you know, they, they think it's nonsense. They, they push it off on being fiction or fairy tales or, you know, oh those, those ancestors of ours back in the day, boy, were they stupid? They thought this and that, but we know now because science and, you know, they, they, this is the view that society has on these things, but I large but, uh, When you do a little bit more digging you find that within the secret societies uh, there's a lot of esoteric things that are taught within the the smaller circles the higher circles of these secret societies and this is stuff that's very important to anybody uh, who's going to be in any sort of a position of power higher up on the world stage these things are they need to know they need to know how to use and they look at them very seriously, but they would rather have the public at large view these things as nothing more than nonsense when it couldn't be further from the truth. They consider all of this stuff whenever they're planning anything, and that's, that's something you can take to the bank. They, they look at things from, you know, the occultist standpoint on a lot of different things. They, they look at uh, things with in what they call astrology. Uh, I know Crow has gotten away from that, call it the sky clock they use this to their advantage all the time, just the way that they time everything. See, they they have this this knowledge base that they use against the rest of society, the the public at large that knows very little or next to nothing about this stuff and thinks it's nonsense. But there's actual things there that could be used in certain ways, and it all has to do with this life energy principle. And, And that's the whole thing right there in a nutshell. So, this is what Revelation of the Method is all about too, because this, this is something that uh, draws on life energies, and this is what they use to empower certain things that they want to bring to fruition in its society, and it's also how they maintain control, is by manipulating these life energies.
1: Well, when you kind of get away from being the hamster on the wheel and diving in every rabbit hole as if you were a rabbit, and start to recognize the truth and what we're trying to tell you, um, there's more to be known. Like this year, uh, Revelation of Method is coming so quickly, so much more quickly than it used to. Remember, not too many years ago, there was a Rick and Morty episode where the vampire at the end <laughs> stood up and said, What? You named him Coach Veratu? What are we doing a bit here? That cartoon that was the most popular on that channel, always the most popular, get the most important coding. Um, it was Big Bang for years that did it. Well, Rick and Morty was informing all the people who understand what we're talking about, knock it off naming the autopsy guy <laughs> Carver. We're not doing a bit here and too many people are catching on. We're we're years from that now. Now what's going on is the revelation is coming so quick. The reason for it is you're being normalized. They won't even do revelation of, well, they will still do revelation of method, but it will be at the same time because they don't give a damn if you know anymore that's how normalized and kind of caught in the iron fist at that point you will be. When you see something and revelation of method is right along with it or within you know a short period after, we're already there. Look at the KB incident. It took less than 24 hours for that revelation of method. And that revelation of method proved it beyond point. And you know, it did the whole number game. It was all fives and all the nonsense that went with it. Um, so my point here is is if we don't get smarter about what we're doing, then we're, we're just wasting time and we're completing the nonsense that we wish we didn't have to look at. Um, the truth of it is, is you got to grow up, you got to discipline yourself and quit acting like an internet junkie and just doing what everyone's always done and listen to what you're being told here. It's critically important. And then work out how you can apply what you agree with.
0: We got to think about how much they must plan these things in advance. Basketball, dude, is at least we know three years plus in the planning because that's where that's what we do know that was implanted. But we can take a look back in time, Uh, Wayne. How far back do you think we could go where we can start identifying things that were big setups or events? Uh, Crow and I are both looking at the JFK thing, so we're talking about 1963. But I strongly suspect there was stuff long before then. What do you think? Of course, so, oh, was, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, hundreds of years. Yeah,
1: hundreds uh, of years. Lot. Look at the American song, Jason. That's forty-some years before yeah. the death of Prince. There you go.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's astounding when you actually start looking back at things and, and you find this stuff. It it is. It's just astounding that this stuff is goes that far back, and it, it really does. I mean, you just have to you know look, but uh, oftentimes. You won't know what you're looking at until after the event has taken place. And then you realize, hey, this was the fulfillment of this this thing that they encoded back, you know, way back when. So uh, it, it's it's one of those things where you may not spot it right away. I mean, you could look around with an eagle eye at everything going on in society today and see things that kind of stand out as weird to you, but... You won't really know for sure until after the actual fulfilled revelation of the method event takes place, and then at that point you could look back and see, and that that ties back to an alchemical principle as well. Working backwards, uh, there's actually a uh, a term for this that I I recently came across. What's it called? Is it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'll have I'll think of it and I'll let you know. But basically it's it's the working backwards concept being used
0: oh and yeah we talked about that i think in our first show together
3: yeah yeah it's it's something that uh, and i'm forgetting the name a, too <laughs> you know a true yeah a true alchemical concept yes um <coughs> excuse me it's it's um um i'll think of it at some point but I'll that's all right when i do think of it. well here's the uh, thing there's there's too many things to remember.
0: <laughs> Always is. But someone's asking uh, why so many celebrities. Here's something you got to understand about celebrities. Most celebrities, at least your higher-end ones, uh, if you get really far, actor, sports ball, musician, if you're playing the top-of-the-pops kind of the pops thing, you're there for a reason whether you realize it or not, but you probably do because there's a good chance you've been to parties and are eating the poop crackers. But that being said, you are there... And at some point, as we've said so many times, you might have to give that
1: back. Well, I think you're being a little liberal with the definition there. Let's put it on the table. What happens when a person is made famous? You're basically kinged in a way, right? Now you don't need a passport. You can get on a private plane. Now money doesn't matter. You can stay in any hotel room you want. It's not all you know, glory, but the point is you can basically do – things other people can't. So what's been handed you, we'll call it stardom, it's on loan. Even for the big guys like Bowie or Prince or anyone, it's on loan. You will give it back. And why is that? Because those people can get up in front of potentially millions. So when they speak, they have the potential to sway a lot of minds. So that's a tight control mechanism. And by the way, most of the people have been grandfathered in through who they are, their bloodline, their family. I imagine there's still some people that that might not be wholly true, but these are not going to be the biggest stars you ever see. You see it done to a lot of rap guys where the one rap guy signing the new kid, he almost starts crying as the kid's signing because he knows what's about to happen to him. (laughs) He's going to get screwed over and pwned big time. But that's a far cry from the other things we're talking about here. Um, you got to understand, man. Let's let's do it this way. So let's figure out right now what media can we trust? Hmm. Let's think about it. How about KPBS? What do you say, guys, in the chat? We can trust that, right? That's public broadcasting. That's publicly funded. Do we all agree that we can trust KPBS? Public broadcasting. Um... I got news. Yeah, I got news for everybody. That's funded by the CFR, as is all other forms of media. So what we can deduce, if we're not completely asleep, is we can undo one of the clips on our diapers, get them halfway off, and understand that any form of professional media is funded by the same sources and controlled by the same sources. In other words, to put it simply, if professional media said something on the best day, you were being hit with an agenda and programming, and on the worst day, you were those two things plus a lie of a magnitude it's that simple it is that simple there is nothing that you will experience at any level anymore that on the best day isn't programming an agenda and on the worst day isn't those two things with a major nonsensical story attached to it you know we're going to the corona of the sun be careful you could catch a virus there (laughs) not in the corona of the sun (laughs) yes the very crown of the sun can make you sick with a virus oh wait a minute wasn't frankolina here redefining what a virus actually is oh by the way boston airport is shut down now so they can give you a rectal exam to make sure you're not infected
3: oh my that's just wonderful (laughs) uh, so there's something different about this flu
0: the other flus aren't yeah, it's, it's... it's the latest flu, but I'm sure they have a shot for it, right? Just go One down to Walgreens. flu
3: over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> well, when they use the, uh, the the power of the sun to name the thing, you know they have something special in
1: mind. And the, crown, but, right? yeah. and the crown, right? And the crown. That's what right? the corona is. It's it's the, the king of all viruses now. I'm pretty sure it's actually so... a purple virus. When we get an image, we'll find out. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> They had those in Rick I've and Morty, seen pur- too. Pictures of it, now that you mention it. Like, seriously, I think I've seen pictures of it that were purple. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Either purple or it's, green. You know, when it's Ebola, it's green. So I'm guessing Corona must the be purple Green.
3: green. Yeah. No, yeah. Corona's electric,
1: purple. Electric green, you know, the one that doesn't occur in nature. <laughs> yep, burr.
3: But, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I thought of the term I was thinking of, guys. It's called retroduction. There you it's, go. it's similar to... Uh, Deduction, but it's, it's retroduction. That's what the term is called like uh, to refer deducting. to this. Yeah. Right. This is like working backwards, like, like working from the present backwards in order to uh, come to an understanding of something that's called retroduction. So uh, it, that's an important principle in alchemical processes at times too. It's it's kind of a way where you... It's, it's like back-engineering something, essentially. So, and it, it's a principle that has stood the test of time. And, and they do use it, and uh, they use it in this revelation of the method programming, too. Because who knows how many different things they put out there, like, you know, for people to find. And then for... I, I don't know. I can't say for sure. Maybe they have certain things that they have planned as, like... A maybe kind of thing, and then they don't do it, or they have some things that they do plan and they do finally follow through with it. So who knows how much of that stuff is actually out there? Like they might. Well, th-
1: think about it though. Put something
3: in entertainment that may not come to pass.
1: Well, think about it, name. Wayne. When, when all us little rabbit hole divers get out there on a search engine, how hard is it to give them the return they need to find the cheese that's now stinky and well hid? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what I'm in saying. Yeah, I mean, the truth. oh look at me! I found a cartoon that was on three years ago. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Look at your brother; he's dead in a mouse trap right next to you. Did you notice that? You do realize
0: when you found that cartoon and then started showing it to everybody, you sprung the trap. No, you didn't get that. Okay, well, that's what we're talking about here. Just so everybody no, knows,
1: nobody did get that because I saw it going on everywhere. Um, even yes. some of our, even some of our good <laughs> friends, Jason. <laughs> this thing happens. And my phone starts ringing. It's all my friends that are pretty sure this isn't right, but I'm going to make sure. <laughs> you're,
0: you're pretty sure, huh? One so of the I'm biggest sports ball people and, ever. I'm
1: not, yeah, I'm answering the phone. I'm not even saying anything but nonsense. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Open the phone. It's nonsense. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and and then I get another call back. Well, how do you know? And I'm like, oh, my God, do we got to do this again? Do we really need to do this again? I'll tell you what. Just go take a nap till tomorrow morning and the revelation of method will be everywhere. <laughs> yep.
0: That's for sure. And, and the mainstream news, of course, is just there to reinforce the, uh, the official narrative. And then all the quote-unquote truthers are going to go dig up the three-year-old cartoons and be like, look, look, they told us it's been put there.
1: Like, yep, yep, sure has. <laughs> We we should make comedy out of it. Whenever we see an event now, we should all get on social media and write, what are we doing a bit here? (laughs) Yeah, we can use the the Rick and Morty instructions to those in the know against them. Now it will become the butt of some comedy.
0: When you're talking about one of the biggest sports ball people ever, uh, you should automatically be suspicious no matter what it is.
1: No, when your TV got turned on, you should not be suspicious. You should understand you are now being programmed.
0: You are now entering I'm, the television know, zone.
1: Jason and I are going to do a two a two hundred episode on uh, on sci fi. I've and I did research for months leading up to this now, um, and it's going to be followed by one that shows where this country that we live in started the nosedive. But I've been doing even more research, which goes back more months, to show when the alchemical, occult, kind of hermetic ideas went into the Vatican. Um, but all this for a reason, um, to, to show there's, there's nothing new under the sun. And how is it that in this day and age, you can watch anything on TV and not understand things like frequency? You're not immune to that. Trigger words. Not only are you not immune to a trigger word, you don't know what the word was. Or it wouldn't be a trigger word. Not only that, I can do endless correlations that show the devious kind of psychology that's going on. Like here's one. Um, What's one of the most commonly abused drugs by young people right now? It's called Molly. You people feel familiar with it? Remember Dora the Explorer? Who'd they replace her with? Molly from Denali. Do you see what goes on here, (laughs) folks? Do you see its full spectrum? So you tune in so your kid can learn something from Molly from Denali, and what's actually happened is you've been programmed. And later in life, there's going to be a trigger word in some unassociated program that's going to be going in the background where you can't hear it. Molly, take Molly. (laughs) And
0: And go go to the club. Mountain Smithy, thank you you for the $5 super chat. The quote of the week is... What crown rises and sets with Libra? St. Stephen Corolla Septentrionalis, the crown of thorns worn by Jesus at the equinox, by Spirit World. Thanks, Mountain Smithy.
3: Nice.
0: I now look forward to your weekly quotes, by the way.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's Always cool. interesting and entertaining. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely but uh how far back in time do you think we could go here i'd, I'd like to talk yeah. about some of the uh the more historical aspects to this since we we've got a whole hour yet to uh to explore this concept it's plenty of time so wayne when i when i mentioned this you were like Ooh. does, sounded okay, like does, it,
1: does, does anyone remember how world war one started <laughs> is that far uh, enough back for you
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty good that's over a hundred years
1: I'll, I'll one up you in the
3: civil war Okay, okay. He's, he's I like that. In the American okay.
1: Civil War. All right, hold on it there, goes back anti-Bellum info. boy. <laughs> <Just> load your, <laughs> you load your gat, yeah, bellum boy. I'll go further than that. Give me a minute. Okay, I got the ultimate. How about dinosaurs? That precedes Civil War. There you go.
3: <laughs> dinosaurs does precede Civil, civil War.
1: But then yeah. so does Steven Spielberg, we suspect.
3: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What are we doing? Oh, those wacky dinosaurs.
0: Dinosaurs, yeah, I actually like that one. Let's, let's take that one. That was the late 1800s, uh, which is actually after the Civil War, but maybe we should take a moment to address that. How did they start getting that integrated? Because dinosaurs weren't even heard of before that. Oh, I forget what the creature was, but it was like a giant sloth that they put out first, wasn't it?
1: No, that- I think it was a guanodon or something like that, wasn't it? or it was the terrible lizard idea. I forget now. It was a knight, though. He, he was a knight. And he was put in charge of the Natural History Museum, and he made up the idea, the word, the definitions, all tied to Darwin. Oh, I got to beat dinosaurs. Darwinism. I just beat dinosaurs. (laughs) Get before that, Wayne. Um, But um, yeah, but it it was all constructed in that way. Um, Oh, and then, of course, Jason, how about this? When Jason and I did the dino episode, get this. Two days or three days or something like that after it went live, National Geographic releases. <laughs> I remember that. The Nodosaur. And we had just done the Crossroads. It was all there. First Nodosaur is No Dinosaur. And as I took it apart, it was Crux. <laughs> the Crossroads. All the alchemy was there. But I don't remember whether it was discovered on 9 11 or the spring equinox. It was one of those two. It, yeah, it had something
0: to it because you and I were both chuckling about it like, oh, how, uh, how coincidental.
1: And then they, then you never heard it. It was so funny because so many people laughed their ass off at Notosaur. We didn't hear about it again. It went away as quick as it came.
0: Yeah, they dropped it very quickly, too.
1: It was, it, oh. you know, it all. I, I never got whether that was a response to our No Dinos episode or it was just chance that it all fell together and we happened to be in the mind stream. We could sense the dark side was coming.
0: Yeah, well, we weren't the first people to do that, but uh, there weren't too many other folks who had done it. So we were one of maybe like mm, three or four people who put out videos on that sort of thing. But I think ours may have gone the furthest, although I could be wrong about that. But either way, it definitely uh, was kind of a suspect sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I didn't didn't know anyone else who did it like that. But you know me, I don't really surf online either. I got my nose in a book all my life. No, I usually know that
0: more than you do. But if I only tell you if, if it... There's any point to tell you. I mean, it's not going to change what we're going to do research-wise, so.
3: Uh, there's a lot of things that go along with the whole dinosaur idea too. And some of these things actually ran concurrently with that. And a lot of it has to do with uh, the age of the earth and how they determine ages of things. And th- this is another big lie that I can't that's kind beat that hoax. Wayne. I
1: can't people. beat that hoax, Wayne. I can't get before the one you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, it's – yeah, this this runs right along concurrently with the whole dinosaur idea uh, because you're going back once again to like the 1840s to 1860s kind of time frame if I remember correctly. But uh, a Scottish lawyer came up with the idea that uh, if you dig down in the earth, these different layers that you could see down there were different ages old and he just uh, – Just arbitrarily said, okay, I dig down this far, this layer of rock here, this type of rock, I'm going to say this is a million years old. And then I dig down a little further, and this one's 10 million years old. And he just arbitrarily uh, aged these layers. And this is called the geological column, or the geologic column. And this is still used today to date artifacts that they dig up. And this is the tool that they use to date things. Let's do K2.
1: Let's do K2, can we? Please, let's do K2.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, the, honestly,
3: this is this is what they use, what these paleontologists and natural scientists and stuff use to, to actually date things. Like any artifacts that they find, they'll say, oh, well, this, this is about 2,000 years old, we know, because we found it in this layer. So you can go ahead and ask some of these paleontologists and these n- nature, you know, uh, natural science guys or whatever that they claim to be. Well, how do you know how old that is? Oh, we know by the layer of 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 rock that we find it in, or the the layer of the Earth we find it in. And then uh, they also use the circular logic that uh, well, how do you, how old how do you know how old that layer of rock is? We know by the fossils we find in it. <laughs> I kid you not. This is how they date things. Well, it's
1: circular logic. Circ- it's that's co- not circular logic. Let's, let, let's do the Cretaceous boundary. So here's one for you guys. <laughs> How do we know the Cretaceous boundary is nonsense? By the way, there's a little line, a dark line, that can be found in many places in the world. They claim anywhere in the world, but it's true. It's there. There's a little dark line, and they call it the Cretaceous boundary. Cretaceous is spelled with a C, by the way. And just to tip my hand apparently the germans say it slightly differently and use a k don't ask me why we call the cretaceous boundary k2 just don't do it okay (laughs) but anyhow so this is the ultimate hoax of all time not only did dinosaurs get killed by this mega, mega rock from space you little ants that aren't nowhere near the size of a brontosaurus you're going next that's part of it but how can you instantly take apart k2 beyond doubt well let's look how it's written It'll be K. And remember, Cretaceous is written with a C. So they had to go to German to get their K. K hyphen two. Can anyone in the chat room put that together? What's wrong with seeing something written as K hyphen two? I'm looking. I want to see if someone does it.
0: Louis T., thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, history will be a wonderful thing if it were only true. A quote from Leo Tolstoy. Thank you very much
1: great question. all right i give up I'm, I'm either on a lag on the chat room or there something. is a lag There's, to
0: the chat room yes
1: here, here's a problem with k hyphen two you would actually read that as k minus two so what is k k is 11 k is always 11 so 11 minus two is what <laughs> it's the nine eleven 11 in code right in the k2 boundary um, right. It never ends. In the same way, KFC. When KFC decided we're no longer Kentucky Fried Chicken, they went to a direct 9 11 encode. <laughs> if you don't think <laughs> right these things were planned, I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. Right to the broken cybernetic feedback loop. I'm going to go to the KFC that. K2 boundary.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you might find dino chickens back there
1: well, well you do right because that's part of what Jason and I did in that episode we showed that not only did T-Rex end up in your gas tank he also turned into a chicken <laughs> that what? is the mainstream account
0: and Sinclair still because uses the, uh, the brontosaurus as their right? logo
1: when, when I was young in the 70s, when we drove coast to coast, there were Sinclair stations everywhere. And when we did that episode, I hadn't seen one in so long. I had to ask. But remember how many people posted Sinclair, you know, logos from their area? So hell yeah. But but think about it. So here's the whole game. Dinosaurs existed, but then they were wiped out by a giant rock from space. Somehow alligators and frogs and mice live. But we're not going to talk about that now wiped out all the dinosaurs but meanwhile somehow dinosaurs ended up in your gas tank and by the way all birds used to be dinosaurs so literally t-rex and i'm saying literally one of the descriptions i read is t-rex became a chicken there's your mainstream man (laughs) i mean sci-fi cannot top this this tale we're telling It's incredible, isn't
3: it? And and just as a, a further poke in the eye with all of this, the 1990s TV show, Dinosaurs. Do you remember oh. that? Oh, and the baby, come love me. Let, Yep, yep. <laughs> Not the mama, that one. Uh... The, the family's name in that was Sinclair, their last name. <laughs> I didn't know
1: that. I never watched it. Oh, I gotta, as long as we're doing last names, well, I better not say this because me and Jason need to have access. I got one mm. to drop about They Live, but I don't want to screw up. Oh, right. I see Snake Jones 009 just realized what seven eleven means. Well done, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Bob got it too. <laughs>
1: There's a Oh, you want you want another fairy tale for bedtime? Go look up who founded 7-Eleven. Of course, you know who it is already. <laughs> but look up how it got its name. It never ends, man.
0: So someone mentioned the moon landing earlier. They set that one up <laughs> so many years in advance. But uh, the easiest one to point out is just 2001 A Space Odyssey, which came out the year before... The Apollo Eleven situation—that was your—that was your easiest setup because they showed what space is supposed to look like, what the moon is supposed to look like, what just just space travel in general. Like, how is this all going to work? And by the way, in just a few years, in two thousand one, we're going to be colonizing the entire solar system. Sure, we are.
1: Putting right into the title 2001, which not only identified that fateful year, yep. but it also, by removing the zeros, which are null, by the way, it identifies the century that's being targeted. And In one of the live streams we did, I pointed out a thing most people never even knew because it didn't get enough coverage. In Maguson Park in Seattle on the first day of 2001, a black obelisk showed up. For those who have any clue in this world, they also understand Ground Zero has a massive black obelisk called the Millennium Hotel, which was openly designed after the black obelisk. Yes, it was. For people who haven't forgotten, that's the Sentinel. That came from an older story where that was referred to as the Sentinel when it was reused for 2001. Basically, the Sentinel came down to Earth. There was one on the moon, the evil old moon, and there were all these little ape men hanging out with all the peccaries in perfect harmony. The Sentinel got here and it said, hey, man, little ape man, pick up that bone and beat the life out of that peccary, then eat him." That's what the Sentinel taught the ape men. So they started beating the crap out of all their neighbors and eating them. That's what the Sentinel <sighs> brought. So then he, at the end of his little time, he throws the bone in the air and they morph the bone all the way to the space age where they're headed to the moon to find, guess what? The older Sentinel sitting on the moon. That is all encoded into the 9-11 idea which was named by year and century in the movie 2001 that set up the technology to pull off footage for the apollo landing which by the way was an alchemical procedure because apollo is the god of the sun so they married the sun and the moon with that one it never ends
3: no it never does end and uh, it's it's amazing even when you just take apart the numbers of uh the Apollo Eleven thing, and there's a hint right there. Hint, yep. hint Eleven. Um, <clears throat> what 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 did they fly to the moon in? What vehicle was that? The The, the what was it called again? The, the Eagle. N- no, the, no the, that, the,
1: t- the type of rocket that they, they Oh, took? the Saturn oh, Five. The Saturn, Saturn V. S- most Most powerful rocket. They still haven't topped it, have they? The SLS nope. is
0: claimed to be more powerful than the uh, the Saturn rockets, but we'll see when we actually get them launched properly and all that good stuff.
1: Well, the only way to measure it is to know how many mines were warped. If the SLS warped more mines, it's definitely more powerful.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the measuring stick well, yeah. for it. But, uh, you know, the Saturn 5, Saturn encoding 6, and then 5, 6 and 5. There's an 11 right there. Where's Mr. Uh, Crowley? Let's get Crowley in here.
1: His evilest number <laughs> is showing up.
3: The, the five in the, the Saturn vehicle also uh, breaks down esoterically to 14, which is the uh, the number of the lost word of Freemasonry, which also represents the phallus of Osiris. And, uh, you know, they're, they're riding a giant phallus to the moon. So, uh, you know, which represents Isis. So you're talking about uh, an alchemical wedding of sorts here, uh, encoded right in the moon landing uh, ritual, so to say.
1: Well, not uh, only that, but, it's... it's yeah, I mean, this is it, all- it's incestuous too Wayne because they married the son of the moon with Apollo but now the moon missions are Apollo's twin sister Artemis, Artemis
3: yes or exactly. Diana
1: <laughs> when you look at when you look at uh, some of the, the myths
3: uh didn't they have a, an incestuous relationship in one of the versions of the myth at, at one point
1: all gods and all royalty yes, do yes they do so, uh, yeah, I mean,
3: and you know, is this about purifying bloodlines or something, maybe? I don't know. But uh, there, there's just a lot of different things you could look at with this stuff. And and that's just part and parcel of, uh, you know, why they do some of these things or how they do them. So.
0: so why don't we start talking about the secret societies and how they use Revelation of the Method? The most common one, of course, being the Freemasons. But uh, we see the symbolism used... Well, pretty much everywhere, but uh, Wayne, where where can we start with that? Could we get all the way back to the seventeen hundreds with the with the Freemasons? Uh, probably mid seventeen hundreds, I would say, and the symbolism and all that that they started using and implanting and things.
3: Well, I've I've found stuff going as far back as uh, actually the sixteen hundreds in different Ros- Rosicrucian texts. Okay, um, I haven't really found anything much older than that, though.
1: I, I can take uh, you to the Knights Templar yeah well i think those
0: three groups really kind of sort of intertwine but go ahead crow
1: well the knights templar are, are okay so this is a whole story that relates to a more important story that relates to what we're talking about basically one of the main woes of modern civilization is a little thing called usury the vatican That started all Christianity, by the way, that was the, the stem out where everything else came from and developed from. Some people didn't like the way they were doing it. They made their own forms, took the book for themselves because now they could read it. But you've got to understand that was the epicenter. Okay, there was probably and this is part of what I'm researching, a time when the Vatican was actually using the Bible and saying things like, yeah, we got this pontiff, but he can never change what we consider to be God's word in this book. Looks like there was actually a time when that went on. Not a very long time, mind you. But in the rules of God, which you can look up in the Bible to this day, a mortal sin is usury. If you go look at Dante's Infernal, when Dante went down to hell, the usurers were being sodomized. That was their punishment in hell for usury. So what usury is, just so people know, it's basically renting money or using money to make money at the expense of a human being. What it really is is what we now call APR. When this was first implemented, it was the Knights Templar that did it. They created the first banking system, and it didn't take too long before they had the Vatican backing off God's law that that was a mortal sin. So that's how it came to us. The first time was a group called the Fugars. I'm not kidding you, the Fugars. They called them the 5% Fugars because they were 5% usury. That's 5% APR to the modern mind. Hey, Crow, and before you go any law. further,
0: why don't we point out the fact that they're creating something from nothing, which is true magic, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's This is the hard thing. <laughs> when you go to the Bible and natural law, there's no damn nonsense there if you want to use it for a basis for laws and things like this. This is why all law is based on the Bible. It's been perverted now. To someone's favor, but it will tell you things like uh, in Book of Matthew, it tells you things like you're not subject to these things that we're all subject to. It tells you the godly men will not be subject to these things. But to get back to the usury, so the, the Vatican slowly walks back. Then in the Bible, what they're calling God's word, it says that's a mortal sin, and they okay 5% usury. Meanwhile, over in Germany, the Red Shield, the Rothschilds, are starting up. Now, as all this goes down, it is all switched from this is a mortal sin to now this is how we make money. And by the way, within the same period of time, the Rothschild Bank starts financing the Vatican. So there is your trail. And by the way, to be perfectly clear, Islam... You want to know why so many bad things have been done to Islam? For the simple reason that one of the pillars of Islam, like one of the pillars of true Christianity, before the Vatican warped it out of shape, was that it was a mortal sin to have money that was not backed by gold or silver or to perform usury at any level, any level of usury against Islam. You know what that means? It means Rothschild and the central bank can't come in. Now you know one of the main reasons they've been taking apart the Middle East, because until the central bank can be inserted, they're not as screwed as we are, just to be blunt about it.
0: So perhaps we we should take a moment to explain. It's not that it's bad to get a loan. The usury part is the extortion level percentages that they're charging for it uh probably the biggest one that they nail us on are mortgages if you ever look at just how much money they make off of us over the course of a 30-year loan i mean good grief uh, especially when you're talking about a two hundred,
1: three hundred thousand 300 thousand dollar house but think, think think about this jason when i was a kid anything over three or four percent was called usury now we regularly get things in the mail that show us 33 percent yep Oh, not yeah, most credit cards
0: are 26% and up unless you have phenomenal credit.
1: Just as an interesting
3: aside, the term mortgage actually derives uh, <laughs> from a yeah. some, uh, <laughs> death agreement. That's yeah. what it means, death yeah. agreement. It's mortgage. basically a death so. debt. <laughs> yep.
1: They're going to run you to the grave by the time you get out from under that one.
3: Yeah, but honestly, those mo- interest rates are not as high as like credit card rent- rates, but uh, still, when yeah, you look did- at the term of the loan. It's a long time, right. So they, they just they
1: approved get... a bump. Wayne again this year. The government just allowed uh, credit cards to go higher. <laughs>
3: yeah, isn't it crazy? And here's the thing people need to understand, OK? When they're creating this uh, so-called money out of nothing that they do, there's actually, when you look at, at natural law and natural science, nature abhors a vacuum, okay? Right. There's no such thing in nature as as a total vacuum there's there's no nothing per se there's no right. such thing as there's nothing no zero that we could observe right within natural law so this so-called money that they're they're making out of nothing it's not really coming from nothing it's drawing off of something and what that something is is life energy once again it goes back to the whole life energy idea This is what this is. Now, I believe James True was on your show, and he referred to this as prana. I never put the two terms together, but uh, that was a brilliant observation. And uh, this this ties together with so many different things in so many different ways. So, uh, you know, whatever term you want to use for it, if you want to call it prana, I just prefer to it as life energy or, you know, it's it's just a basic well, you're, description
1: you're, for it. You're closer, though, Wayne, because <laughs> prana was always used to be like it's this positive thing you can put to use to, for your own yeah. self. And it is prana, but I have a problem sure. with us, with using prana in a negative context. I think what you're doing right. is feels better to me. Right. It's. It, well, I, I, I think I would prefer to it more as life energy more
3: so than that, just because... I I try not to, like, look at some of these older terms like that, Uh, and if I'm not familiar, like, overly with the term, and I'm not familiar with a lot of different concepts from different Eastern religions, my background is more in, uh, you know, Christian theology and things of that nature. And, and, yeah, I've looked at a lot of different things, but, like, if I'm not 100% familiar with the term and its exact usage and meaning, I prefer not to use it. I'll just break it down into something similar. Like, this is life energy. So that's what this is drawing from. That's what this uh, usury interest rate stuff and, you know, this money out of nothing is drawing off of. It's drawing from life energy because, like I said, nature abhors a vacuum, and there's no such thing in nature as nothing. So that's not observable anywhere within the natural order of things you cannot you know observe nothing <laughs> there's just not
1: well, or logically go, make it exist either right i right. think a place made of everything cannot contain no thing
0: eric thank you for the five dollar super chat he says in many states at the start of the union usury was illegal and i uh, i seem to remember that somewhere in my memory somewhere but uh, geneva bible enforced then Right now, usury in general was looked at very like huge, huge, looked down upon because
1: it was mortal sin.
0: Right, you're 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 literally gouging people for loaning them money, and that's what it comes down to. And they've got us completely convinced now, the way they've got things set up, that this is just the way it is. Uh, That student loans, uh, car loans, because everything's too expensive. Most people don't have the money for it. Of course, your mortgage. How many people are going to buy a house outright? And if you think about it, when you go jump back 100 plus years, people were able to do things. They were able to get the things they needed without having to ram themselves into debt and pay some extortionist level percentage. So they've just got society steered in a way that they wanted it to go so that you will pay these things. Oh, you want that? Well, you're going to pay.
1: Well, there's, there's another side to this, though, See, because right now the left hand is washing the right hand in this nonsense because anyone in this world who had a classical education, who was truly well-educated with what they called a classical education, they would have read things like Dante's Inferno. When Dante goes down to hell, a usurer is being sodomized in hell. That was his uh-huh. punishment for, for – Doing usury to people and not only was he being sodomized they constantly described what a subhuman thing that is to do to another human being but let's get back to the original catholic church when they were still following what they called the word of god that was a mortal sin (laughs) mortal has a a meaning (laughs) that's not just any run-of-the-mill sin where yeah we're going to cut off a finger or what whatever Mm -hmm. kind of that's a mortal a death sin Um, So this was serious. And by the way, I'm not kidding. Go look up Islam. You know, Islam had the same rules back in the day. um, And these have all been taken apart. And the only reason to take these apart is to give banks power and to give control over human beings um, through contracts, basically. And those two are legal fictions. And those two do not fit with natural law, as Wayne was pointing out. A contract is a device, but it doesn't exist.
0: Matthew Ross, thank you for the New Zealand $10. He says, why in Western culture do you think the media society make fun of redheads? I would presume it's being pushed by the elites. Well, if anything's being pushed in mainstream, it's coming from the top down. There's no doubt about that. But quite frequently, isn't uh, red hair associated directly with the uh, the, uh, RH negative
1: factor? Well, yes, but there's a, the, they're they're hiding the value of it is what they're doing. It's in the same way that often Jewishness gets hidden. Like you'll hear a joke, um, how come there's no Jewish people that are athletes? Well, I beg to differ. Mark Spitz was Jewish. He won the most swimming medals. You know, it's all hidden. And so the red gene is kind of like blue eyes, but rarer. See, if you see a person with blue eyes, he's related or she's related to every other person in the world with blue eyes. When you see red hair, it comes from one place in this world, that bloodline. And by the way, depending on the color of their eyes and some of the research I've done, they were very potent healers, or soothsayers or they had all these little things and quite often it was red-haired quite often it was women and you will notice <laughs> that some of the most big-time movie stars would have like green eyes and red hair that's pretty rare and blue eyes and red hair but there's a line and it goes back to a certain part of the world um, where there were special bloodlines basically um, they're hiding the the special unique nature of what it means to be a redhead basically and that these people have abilities that not all of us have
0: someone's asking about american gods and you and i've spoken about that but i think you're the only one that's watched that show unless uh wayne you've seen it but
1: uh do you want to address anything about that for them it's a complete it's a reveal it's a tip of the hat it's showing you it's coach ferratu yeah it's coach ferratu you know like like at one point the new guy, you see, this is it's exact allegory to where we are, but it's removing the veil that myth and old alchemical ideas and what used to be called or thought of as pagan ideas is really what's underpinning all of this. Even your modern religion is underpinned with it, but the modern religion differs. In a very specific way but there was when modern religion came along they didn't just flip a switch and say well one day we were all pagan and now we're Christian that didn't happen overnight you've got to realize in American gods what they're showing you is the old gods which you could equate that with maybe the Greek what we call Greek or Roman gods but the new gods that's technology That's the new world we're moving into. All those old gods are fighting for their life. When they go in to kill Argos, they're telling you the truth. Go look up who Argos is and the myth. It's attached a lot to seafaring, and the Argos was a ship, and uh, the Myrmidons and all these things are tied to that myth. But there's another form. As a matter of fact, how many people know that Media was an old god? Goddess, I believe. Um, So what they're showing you is the root of how all this stuff is actually put together and what powers it. What Wayne's been telling you, human energy or what's another better way of reframing that worship. You know how much human energy you have fed to your iPhone (laughs) and that and that show the, the ruler of that iPhone, the Internet and media are sucking your life force like a vampire because you worship that thing. And you could sit there and say, well, I'm not worshiping my iPhone. I'll tell you what, I beg to differ. If you look at a society not too long ago, they worked their butt off all week, and when the weekend came, they had a day off, and then they headed straight out to do worship. Well, what is worship? (laughs) It's focusing all your attention, stopping what you're doing, giving it all your worth, right? That's what they did on Sundays. Well, we don't really go to church on Sunday anymore, most of us, but we're in that iPhone every day like it's Sunday. That is worship, and that's what they're pointing out, and that worship is human energy, and that is what creates the new gods. And how many times in myth have you seen Zeus tell all the other gods, yeah, we're king over the humans, but the moment they quit believing in us, we're all gone. There's an old Star
0: Trek episode that addressed that exact topic with an alien being – that was supposed to be uh, Apollo, Apollo, the Greek god. So there that's, you go, and that exact, his power came from the worship.
1: We're immortal, and we control the humans. But if the humans quit believing in us, we're all dead. Not just dead; we're gone. We never existed.
3: And that uh, once again ties back to the whole fact that everything's related to uh, mind when it comes down to it, or consciousness. Uh, yeah. Your your thought forms actually. Uh, mediate what goes on in in reality. And that's why uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, people in places of power want to control that. They want to control what you think and what you believe, because it's bringing about uh, what they want more so than what you want. So it's it's one of those things where it all comes down to it. It's this life energy concept again, and it, it all derives from consciousness, from mind. And uh, that's, that's the ultimate question we have in just about everything is, is what is consciousness? And right now what they're trying to do is equate consciousness to a form of machine and actually transfer it to a machine. And that's what they want to do because that they could fully control. And, uh, right now as it stands, they don't understand how consciousness really works. So they can't control it and they want total control of, of everything. So, uh, in order to control everything they need to control consciousness, not just their own consciousness, but the consciousness of everybody. And that's one of the reasons why they want to tie it all to a machine and make it one kind of a, a group mind or, you know, a hive mind concept. That's, that's the whole push with the transhumanism. And this is going to be the new God. That's, that's what they're looking for. And they are looking to usurp the old gods. And once again, uh, you can look back at things like the uh, the Greek myths of, of the Titans and the fall of the Titans. Those were the old gods. And uh, the the Olympians were the Good new point. gods.
1: Good point. So,
3: Good uh, point. That, there
1: it is. There's the changeover. Now now the changeover is coming again. The new technology represents the new gods. And what's funny about that is they're all make-believe from the get-go. Um, you know, it's all electrons balance on the head of the pin. What it comes down to is what Wayne's pointing out is your energy human energy which is a form of worship or being accepted as a form of worship but guys i got to get up in the morning and get episode 197 live for everybody because people in australia wait up late for it (laughs) um anything anything you want me to add before i go hug a pillow
0: (laughs) any final questions you want to hit crow with in the chat room before we let him go for the evening so he can go to uh the dreamland
1: I was supposed to read 100 pages tonight. I don't think I'm getting there.
3: Well That uh, depends how fast you read, really. He <laughs> not, reads not fast. fast.
1: Not fast enough. I aimed for 100 last night on a book that's almost 700 long, and I made it to page 70. That's a lot of sevens. What's going on that's, back there? That's light reading for you, 700-page book, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Make fun all you want, you young whippersnappers with your <laughs> moving gifs. Or those gifs.
0: With your fancy (laughs) gifts. Right. So uh, just so everyone knows, tomorrow's episode is uh, the first, oh, how many did we get through, Crow? Like 20-odd questions from our subscriber question. Great Uh, big tome that we had that we still haven't finished uh, or that we're going to finish on the live stream this week. We got through, oh, look like,
1: Oh, okay. I thought we crashed there for a second. Um, We got through nearly 20 of them, but it's a full long two hours. Um, Then on a following episode, we addressed a bunch of them. We still have a few more and every question that was submitted will be addressed. But tomorrow is episode 197 and actually uh, Rose rightly called. Um, It's quite a good episode. Um, I often record them and don't feel like they're that great till I listen back. And then Jason makes fun of me because I said I didn't feel like it was that great, but Rose said it was good out of the gate. Um, So we'll have a good one for tomorrow morning when you guys get up. It'll be up before 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or daylight, whatever the hell time we're on. Anyhow, everyone have a good night. I'm going to make like a Canadian and get out.
0: Good night, Crow. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Sleep tight, my friend.
0: Uh, For anybody that isn't aware, you get three shows from this group of people every week. Crow and I have our weekly Crow 777 radio episode that is released every Thursday. We used to do TFR every Sunday, but Crow and I decided that we would actually be more effective doing it ourselves. So this past week, we started doing a live stream just like we're doing here (laughs) And it is indeed on this same channel. So now we're doing the Crow 777 live stream every Sunday that's going to be an hour long instead of on TFR. And uh, we had a killer response this past Sunday. So you're going to get that. And then every Wednesday, 8 to 10 Central Time, because that's the time I happen to be in, uh, Wayne and I will always be here doing the Secrets of Saturn live stream. And we, as you see, frequently bring folks on to discuss concepts with us. So those three shows are what we have all given in uh, given our word to do this is what we're going to give you every week and uh which we try to get out on other shows too as uh, as well i just did one with mark devlin uh where we discussed m- modern music i guess you could call it i hate to use the term music cuz it's barely music uh but a lot of people seem to really like that so check out his good vibrations podcast i put my uh 20 plus years of music knowledge studio knowledge all that to work for him let him bombard me with questions about okay well, let's break these shows down let's talk about what's going on and uh man i'll tell you it's it's kind of sickening what they do now it's it are a far far cry from uh pink floyd's dark side of the moon that's for damn sure steve mercer thank you for the 12 dollars super chat uh it doesn't look like you have a question or comment but by all means if you have one kick us over one we'll uh we'll do that what time on sundays that is on at 6 p.m eastern time and we'll be going for an hour if we have more info we'll go a little longer but we'll definitely be doing an hour 6 p.m eastern time all right i think i got through all this public service announcements wayne let's we got half an hour left let's get through the rest of the revelation of the method
3: all right uh yeah it's good stuff i mean uh, I find myself guilty of going down some of these rabbit holes and stuff, too. Like, just recently, I started looking at all this, uh, you know, the, this virus that's associated with the sun. Uh, all of the stuff that goes along with that. <laughs> so, uh, you can see how this was one of those things that's been planned out for a long time. And uh, it's it's actually coming to fruition as a revelation of the method type scenario right now. So, you could see... Uh, how the programming has been put in place for us and how the spell is being completed right now. And if you look at any of the mainstream news media or anything right now, you could see how this is pushed like all over the place. How they supposedly have this this city in uh, China on lockdown and they're not letting people out. And, you know, they just flew home these American citizens and have them under quarantine. And it's just, like ultimate fear porn, like honest to goodness, it's ultimate fear porn going on with this right now. And, uh, they just, uh, had an event in New York city, uh, just a couple days before we did shoot the moon NYC there Mm -hmm. where, uh, it was hosted by the bill and Melinda Gates foundation (laughs) and they ran, uh, I know, right? Like (laughs) you can't see this coming, but, uh, along with the, the world economic forum and they ran a, uh, a type of an exercise, this uh, scenario of uh, an outbreak of a coronavirus. And they actually used the name coronavirus in it. So uh, because, the, honestly, a coronavirus, this is something that uh, falls, there's different things that fall into the same category, and the common cold is one of them. So uh, when they say coronavirus, this is just one strain they're talking about, supposedly, from the Originated supposedly in China, but uh, they had this this mock uh, training scenario, uh, where uh, they came up with this idea that a, a coronavirus outbreak eventually wound up killing 65 million people over the course of 18 months. So that that was the scenario they came up with and uh when you, you actually look at the numbers uh what could we 18 that's your 666 right there uh 65 <laughs> six and five there's your 11 um it, like so this is something that they they put out there this was going back at, like middle of october october like 18th or something like that they had this drill they held this training drill in new york city at johns hopkins university and uh you know they they ran through this scenario to try and figure out how they would handle a pandemic situation if something like this were to occur and lo and behold here we are yeah here we are how many i didn't actually count the days but that'd be interesting if anybody in the chat wanted to figure out from october 18th until uh this broke just uh, this story just broke a couple days ago how many days exactly i that might be kind of telling um I didn't sit and figure it out. I didn't think that far in advance with that. But, I mean, this this is one of those things where you could clearly see the programming uh, going into play with this. So you, you, they're using this. They're hitting us with this. And then, you know, they have this other distraction thing with sports ball guy and everything else. And and they have the, the big sports ball game coming up here sports on ball. February 2nd. Yeah. The big sports ball. One. Ah, big Down sports ball. Right down in Miami
0: important sports ball
3: yeah important sports ball on 2-2-2020 uh no number encoding going on (laughs) there right well you know we should add in Wayne that Um, uh, like how much numerology
0: like the numbers that get used uh, is another aspect of the revelation of the method but before I forget I am going to attempt to say this name and my apologies if I butcher it but I'm brave enough to take a stab at it thank you for the two dollars super chat from Mumar Alagic. Or elegic? I don't know. He says cool. Thank you. And I probably butchered your name. But anyway, let's let's talk about that for a moment. Numerology is a very common part of the revelation of the method, meaning what? Meaning they encode these things for you to find. And for anybody who really doesn't get into the number thing, uh, Let's talk about that a moment. It's not that any number is bad or numbers in general are bad. It's all about intent. Everything to do with everything, all symbols and everything. It's all about intent. Let's take a great example. The symbol that some bad guys and Germans in the 30s and 40s used. I'm not even going to mention it because I don't feel like having my channel taken from me. But they used a symbol that, in fact, for hundreds of years, maybe longer, actually represented the sun, the movements of the sun, and was actually an incredibly positive thing. So it all comes down to intent. Same thing with the numbers. When you see numbers used, it all comes down to intent. But Wayne, go ahead. Let's talk about some numbers.
3: Just as an added uh, thing to what you're saying about that that famous symbol that was kind of utilized by certain Germanic peoples. Just just some angry Germans. And, we can leave it yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the key thing with that is that symbol, they actually inverted it and turned it backwards from what it originally was. Yes, they did. So, and, and that's, that has to do with intent that tells the intent right there. Right. So, uh, when you're looking at any of these things, intent is the most important thing behind it. Now, is it always, uh, feasible for you to determine the intent behind something? No, not all the time, but, uh, when you look at important events like this big sports ball game, because this is important, you know. Sports ball. Uh, sports ball. They, they have all kinds of numbers encoded all over this thing, and you, you could read intentions in there all you want. I mean, uh, the, just the, the date that it's happening, 2-2-2020. There's two double twos right there. 22 is the number of the master builder. And uh, when you actually use a double encoding like that, that's a 44, and we know what 44 is, don't we, Jason? That's the death story. So,
0: but why don't you explain what the Master Builder means? What, what does that mean, Great Architect of the Universe?
3: He, okay. Well, you just ruined it for me, Jason. You just told them what it means.
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> no, but go ahead and break that down more. <laughs> where, where does that come from, and what does it mean, and why would it be used? I'm sorry.
3: That's, that's an important number in Freemasonry uh, primarily, but other... Uh, esoteric uh, trains of thought utilize it as well uh anytime you see a double number like that that's called a master number okay so uh, like when you see an 11 that's a master number 22 33 44 any double number like that uh and and what this does is this kind of doubles down on the intent behind the number so uh when you're looking at something and you see double numbers cropping up uh that's, that's imbuing the, these symbols, because numbers are symbols with more power with the intention that's put behind them. So uh, when you're doing something like that, especially when you're putting forward a, like a master builder number, this is a foundation. They're, they're trying to put together a foundation uh, for something to build to build from. So uh, anytime you see something like that, this is a foundational number. A twenty-two. If you see a twenty-two, that's a foundation that they're laying down. So they're going to try to bring something new from this start point. So uh, that's that's about what it's at. Uh, what it's at. So when you see that they're doing this big sports ball game uh, oh. and encoding this this twenty-two number, uh, <clears throat> something's going to happen that's going to be important that ties to this event. I don't know what that is. I don't want to make any speculations, but uh, anytime they have one of these events, they also usually uh, do some kind of occultic ritual in the middle of it. Uh, you know, they call it the halftime show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this year on the big sports ball game, I think it's uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, I think, are doing the halftime Good God, show. isn't Jennifer Lopez so, too old to be doing this crap? I would think so, but apparently not. I, I don't know. She the willing puppet at this point, I think, to go and put this stuff together. But uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see just exactly what kind of things that they'll have uh, symbolically imbued in that halftime show. Uh, along with that, if you look at the participants in this uh, big game, uh, you have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. 49 there's a big esoteric number right there. Not only does it encode the 13, which is the number of the Phoenix, or the the number of Rebirth and Renewal, but uh, it also encodes, when you look at 49, that's an encode of seventy seven. Seven times 7 is 49. So there's your Ion Zion number, the the mind weapon. So, uh, just based upon that, I'm predicting the 49ers are going to win the game. Uh, But, uh, that's, that's just my thoughts on it. I hope I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It's a total shot in the dark. But based upon that, if that happens, uh, I suspect it may because I've seen some commercials and stuff out there uh, featuring the, uh, the 49ers that, that are really heavily about social programming at this, this point and the, the social engineering aspect of things. They have a commercial. I forget what the product even is, but uh, it features a uh, woman coach on the 49ers team. And, uh, it's, it's pushing this whole feminist kind of ideal. And she actually says at some point in the commercial, I'm not here to be the token female. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they're talking about potentially winning games and stuff like that. So just based upon those couple things, I'm going to predict that they're going to win, uh, the game based upon that. Uh, but you know, just, that's just a speculation. I mean, I could be totally wrong and I hope I am, but, uh, if you see it happen, don't be too surprised because I guess they are kind of the the underdog in 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 this game. Uh, most people that I've talked to are are kind of thinking that uh, Kansas City is going to win it, but uh, there's there's all different kinds of encodes in this thing. So if you happen to see that happening, know it's going to be you know this this whole uh, social programming thing going on that goes along with it, and that may have something to do with. Uh, you know the the events and stuff that take place with it, especially since the two uh, artists—I use the term artists loosely—that are performing in the said. halftime show are also females that are heavily into this female empowerment type movement kind of thing. I suspect it may mm. be a, a grand social engineering thing going on with it. It is, so, no doubt. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyway, that's that's your whole sports ball breakdown right there. But uh, this this once again that you could see. This is kind of the predictive programming coming into play. If you you look, you see this commercial on the TV talking about this, and then lo and behold, these underdog teams uh, that that probably shouldn't have made it there in the first place. If this was actually legit, uh, like legit sporting events and stuff going on, um, you know, they end up there, and you know, it's. It, I digress. I better just. <laughs> Before I say more, uh, I don't want to get us pulled off the air or anything here. So, uh, this is why you I mean, buy Wayne's
0: books. He's not worried about that getting pulled off the air.
3: <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you could see how this whole revelation of the method concept is used all over the place. And they especially use it in big events like this. So uh, I'm waiting to see what happens with the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to have some kind of tie over with the whole uh, uh, other big sports ball guy that played that different sports ball game. That's probably going to have some attention at this event, too, because. Well, of course, you know. they're
0: going to do a tribute of some sort, and we'll see what yeah. kind of fun symbolism they toss in there, you know?
3: Yeah, he was also known as the Black Mamba from the, the, the whole uh, television commercial series thing that he had going on sometime. Which a is a snake, isn't it? Yeah. Go figure, Black Mamba. Black, you know, there's an alchemical encoding in that Mamba. Um, you know, <laughs> there's there's two M's. There's the double M's in in Mamba. Thirteen, thirteen, uh, the forty-four, uh, the encoding, which which also uh, crops up with the uh, the the superb owl game coming up too, with the the forty-four, the the double twos, uh, the two the. February 2nd, 2020, there's your 4-4 for that. So there's there's a tie over there, definitely. But, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is really kind of subjective uh, when, when you look at it with no uh, no context. So it, it's something that's, that has that whole plausible di- deniability factor to it. And they, they do this stuff on purpose like that because it's like you mention this stuff to people and, oh, you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. I mean, people right. would tell me I'm a nutter. Like I- anybody in mainstream society, if I told them this stuff, uh, you know that that they're they're working some kind of a social engineering angle with this whole thing, and and we'll wait and see because the fulfillment of it will come, the revelation of the method of it will come with the uh, with this big game or whatever. People would say, "Ah, you're out of your friggin' mind." <laughs> so, but I, I'm I'm convinced that there's there's something something's kind of a big social issue where something's going to come out of this whole thing, and we'll just wait and see what happens with it. That's all. So, uh, (laughs) you know, from there, this is how these people operate. Like, they put these things out there in these different places for you to find, and uh, it's it's mostly meaningless if you find it ahead of time and don't know what's coming. But uh, if you find it after the fact, after something has happened, an event like such as what happened... Just the past couple of days with this this big sports ball player that, um, you know, met his tragic end in that certain way that they, they depicted in a cartoon three years prior to that. Uh, you, you don't understand what's going on until after that event happens and you look back and then you find this stuff. That's the revelation of the method. So uh, it, if you could pick it out ahead of time and be correct with it, well... You know that's that's definitely something you need to look for. Not always easy to find, and you're not going to be correct all the time. And like I said, it's the whole plausible deniability factor that makes that kind of a thing that's you know not feasible for people to actually point out to other people without being called a nutter on the spot. So it's not a practice that I would advise people to put into place. If you could if you could see these things and understand what's coming with it, uh, just kind of you know, keep your mouth shut about it. And when it does happen, point it out to people if you must, but we don't want to get so involved to the point where we're, we're tracing back these rabbit holes and and feeding it our energy like that. So it's, it's kind of a slippery slope that we're on. We want to make sure people understand the concept. This is what they do. This is how this works. This is how this uh, actually vampirizes your life energy. Uh, You want to try to avoid that trap because it is a trap, but, uh, you need to be aware of all the fake nonsense and stuff that goes along with it. So, uh, that you could just step away from it and say, you know what? I'm not participating with that. And it, it's a fine line and it's a slippery slope and there needs to be, uh, some amount of pointing these things out, but at the same token, you know, there comes a point where you just have to take a step back and say, you know what? I'm not putting any more effort into feeding this thing anymore because I'm, not benefiting from it in any way, so it's it's where we're at with the whole revelation of the method kind of ideology.
0: A ways back, I saw uh, I think it was Elizabeth asked why Freemasons are obsessed with the number thirty three. That's actually a pretty easy one to answer because they that, well the highest degree you can go in uh, Scottish Freemasonry. You now I'll break this down for you when you when someone joins Freemasonry. There's the Blue Lodge or the, the regular Lodge. There's only three degrees there. If you want to progress further, you can choose either the York Rite or the Scottish Rite. Uh, the York Rite has, um, is it 9 or 11? I forget how many degrees. Uh, but, it,
3: it's nine, but It's 9, uh, some right. people say it goes up to 13
0: but the Scottish Rite, which is the one most people are more familiar with, goes up to 32 degrees. And then there's an honorary 33rd degree. And the reason why you can't go beyond 33 is because you cannot go higher than the sun. It has to do with the degrees of the sun. And and that's pretty much the, the, the easy answer. Are there things beyond the 33rd degree? A lot of people have speculated that yes. But usually if you're a Freemason and you're into it that much that you would even get that honorary 33rd degree, you're not talking but uh you have anything you want to add to that wayne
3: yeah what people need to understand too is uh freemasonry is is like the uh primary school that occultists look for students in uh like you're talking people that are in higher orders above the 33rd degree Um uh, it, it, masonry is is kind of like the primary school where they find people to recruit for these other secret societies and, and different esoteric teachings and such. Uh, there's there's a lot of different branches within Freemasonry uh, itself that go a lot of places. There's the Royal Arch Degrees and uh, all of that stuff too. I mean you have your York Right, your Scottish Right, but beyond that, once you hit the 30, 32nd degree and go above that, there's things like the, the, the Shriners uh, that's you know kind of a, a subgroup of uh, of the Freemasons, and there's all these different uh, secret societies that intertwine at a lot of the topmost levels in different ways. Uh, Rosicrucians, uh, Order of the Eastern Star, uh, you've got things like uh, the OTO, the Order Ordo Templar Orientis. Uh, there's just so many of these different groups. There's the uh, um, <clears throat> the the Golden Dawn. Uh, all these different esoteric groups, they all kind of run in the same circles, and a lot of these other groups that uh, teach some of these more esoteric ideas and stuff recruit directly from Freemasonry. Now, most of your people that get involved with Freemasonry, they never advance beyond what they call the Blue Lodge, or the First Three Degrees. And they're just basically there for social reasons. They th- first of all, they think they're doing good things, which by and large, most of the Masonic groups and stuff are doing good things in the communities and stuff like that. They're having spaghetti dinners and raising money for the children's hospital and stuff like that. And, you know, most of these guys get involved because they want to be able to go down to the car dealership and get a square deal, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that that's the kind of thing. These are the kind of guys that, that you know, they rub elbows in, in different business Ventures and stuff like that, because it, it's an old boys club when you, it comes down to it. But uh, that's, the, by and large, what most Masons you'll encounter are. They're just these regular guys that just want to try and get ahead uh, with business and, and get good deals on things and rub elbows with people and, and have this kind of social standing where uh, they feel like they, they have favorites. They're special.
0: It's tribalism. Right. It's more tribalism. Yeah, it's
3: pretty much. So uh, that, that's what most of it boils down to. And most of them are, are legitimately good people. And they have no idea what they've gotten themselves tied to, <laughs> honest to goodness. But uh, at the highest most levels, uh, that's when it starts to get a little bit more nefarious and uh, questionable as to the things that go on. So there's, there's all different branches uh, of esoteric teachings and stuff that... That you could look into from this there's there's different uh what they call rites uh, of of these different secret societies yeah. and of freemasonry itself that yeah. you could get involved with and you know uh there's like the the right of memphis uh or israel uh and and these are, these teach yeah, oh, a, a lot yeah. of different egyptian philosophies so you yeah, know there's you're there's looking there's at it. On there's on there's, on there's on a line. lot of different things You there, Jason?
0: I am here. Uh, By the way, I I saw someone mentioning something about the Shriners. They're a funky bunch, and uh, you cannot be a Shriner, by the way, unless you are part of the Scottish Rite and have attained the 32nd degree. So that tells you a lot that uh, you have to be so far along before you could even be considered to do things with the Shriners. I think that's that might be where things start getting a little wonky. Uh, there's an interesting video that's floated around on YouTube for quite some time, and I don't remember exactly what it's titled, and it's probably under several titles, but it was something along the lines of like a Christian asks uh, a Shriner about Lucifer or something like that, and uh, the guy, the old guy that he confronts is kind of creepy, so uh, if I could find it quick, I'll, I'll give you guys the link, but it kind of tells you I'm- what's up with that and i see someone's I asking what, if we're working on any films yes we we do have some film ideas in mind unfortunately uh they cost a lot of money to make especially since we want to <laughs> up our game so what exactly we're going to do i'm not sure yet
3: yeah i know what video you're talking about jason there's uh, uh, to go along with the whole shriners idea there's even subgroups within the Shriners. Uh, one particular thing I could encourage people, if you want to look up, if you're interested in pursuing, uh, to see exactly the kind of things that go on at the highest, most levels of these these type of societies and stuff like that, look up something called the Jesters. This is a subgroup of the Shriners. Um, and there's a lot of uh, controversial things associated with that. So if you want to see what they're about at the highest, most levels, look that up. So, uh, Yeah. yeah. As far as uh, as films, Jason, they cost a lot of money. You're kidding?
0: They do. Now, I do own some <laughs> decent equipment now that I could do some of the filming. But some of the ideas we have involve possibly Phoenix Aurelius. Uh, we want to do some stuff and get into alchemy and things like that. Uh, Cymatics is another thing we want to tie in, and we would love to get some stuff with Doctor Lena. Uh, if we do another film, which we really do intend to, I'm just couldn't give you. I couldn't give you exact dates for it, we're going to really try and up our game, because Shoot the Moon came out great, but honestly, it was easy as far as, uh, not for me, because I had to learn everything, but as far as putting a documentary together, it was pretty easy, it was just a couple of interviews shot, uh, and then taking already shot footage and putting it all together. Now, I had a lot to learn in a very short amount of time, and thankfully, I, I, I learned enough to get me by, but I'm sure more professional filmmakers uh, directors whatever you want to call it they would probably find my efforts laughable but hey i did the best i could with what little resources i had and yes the kitty is trying to get out i have to let him out the door again so wayne carry it on for 30 seconds
3: (laughs) i think i could do that you go take care of the cat there jason you can't be having a cat carrying on like that um anyway yeah all of these things um, they all tie together at the highest levels. Uh, it, these secret societies uh, at the topmost levels, a lot of these people are familiar with the concept of revelation of the method, uh, mm-hmm. a place where people could look, if you're interested in learning more about specific things, about different revelation of the method, or, or how these people actually operate and get into positions of power in society. Uh, read a book by uh, a lady named Alice Bailey and it's called The Externalization of the Hierarchy. Uh, It's a 1938 book and it points out in detail how they put uh, quote-unquote seed groups within different uh, aspects of society. Uh, One of which is... I see you found the video.
0: Okay, I found the thing. I'm going to... Bounce this over so I can get it into the chat. Give me two seconds, but anyway, yeah, you guys will be able to see this video if you haven't. It's it's short. It's on. It's less than two minutes long. But you're you're gonna see kind of a creepy guy. Let me get the link here for you guys.
3: You calling me a creepy guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> only on Tuesdays. Okay. So we only got ten minutes left here, Wayne. Uh, maybe we should do a little recap while I get this bumped over because people are asking me for it yeah, switch copy that
3: uh, well anyway while you're getting that ready I was telling there people about a little book a little book by a, a chick named Alice Bailey who wrote something called the externalization of the hierarchy and uh, this this basically puts out uh, you know a lot of good information that tells how people within these secret societies actually put out uh, what they call seed groups into different groups uh, uh, places within society like they they put people in the education system they put people in the scientific community people in the churches uh people in you know the psychological profiling uh all all over the place so they have people working uh within these different facets of society and this is one of the ways that they they get control of things this is your whole octopus network when it comes down to it uh you know a lot of it stems from these different secret societies now she was a very high ranking uh personage within uh first of all theosophy and the theosophical society mm-hmm. and uh, what they call co-masonry now which uh, is a lot of what's with the order of the eastern star and her husband who his name was uh foster bailey was also a very high ranking mason and had also written some uh, influential books and stuff like that too so uh she was a student of uh, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, or Madame Blavatsky, as people would know. And this uh, is the person that wrote uh, a book called The Secret Doctrine and several other ones who uh, really put forth a lot of different esoteric ideas. And this all is the foundations of something called the Theosophical Society uh, or the Theosophists. Yeah, late
0: 1800s. Um, and, By the way, we should take right. a moment and mention uh, – just in case people don't know the order of the eastern star is what the freemasons have set up for females because uh well depending on how far back you go in time freemasons weren't just uh sexist they were highly uh racist so uh, <laughs> that's, that's right, why they, they, they the, ended up the, having it, the, prince, the prince albert lodges the prince hall prince hall <laughs> is that what the, yeah, 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 yeah that's prince that's hall. that's for anyone with skin darker than um yeah the any yeah, Caucasian yeah. they just they weren't having it uh that's lightened up over the decades just because society has yeah, moved along and it's just yes. not cool to act that way anymore so they had to kind of Prince get Hall, with the program right? but yeah the order of the eastern star that's that's for women <laughs> the, the, no matter what there's still no women that i'm aware of that can be a freemason there may be some exceptions and i could be wrong about that they've definitely had to lighten up in in, in light of how things have changed especially recently But there you go. Order of the Eastern Star is for the females.
3: Yep. And Prince Hall Masonry. I always get Prince Hall and Prince Albert mixed up. (laughs) One's the Hall and one's the Can. So I don't know. I don't know.
0: But anyway, I kind of interrupted you there. Go ahead and finish with the
3: Theosophical Society. Oh, anyway, the the important facet of uh, the Theosophical Society that, that people need to understand is this is the group. That uh, directly publishes uh, everything, all all of the uh, research papers and the you know the the uh, the white papers and policy papers and everything of the United Nations, and they do this under a group called the Lucis Trust, which is uh, their their actually it's their press. Lucis Trust. Why, press. why don't you this mention the, what
0: the original name was?
3: It was called Lucifer Trust originally. And uh, this, this is the printing company of the United Nations and, uh, you know, the company that puts together all of the uh, the policy papers and, and, you know, doctrinal things of the United Nations. So people, you know, might be a little shocked to learn that if they weren't familiar with that whole idea to begin with. But, yeah, these are the people that are, you know, uh, putting ideas and uh, policies in place within the United Nations. So, Who do they trust? They trust Lucifer.
0: And why Lucifer? Well, that's easy because Lucifer is the light bearer and everything with Freemasons has to do with light and following the light and acquiring more light. And and sometimes you can equate light with knowledge, enlightenment, and we're the profane, we're the ones that are in the dark, we're the ignorant ones. But uh, I think it has other meanings as well.
3: Now, oh, definitely.
0: by the way, we did a few weeks back, we we discussed Bill Cooper's Mystery Babylon series. If you want some serious breakdown of, of the Freemasons uh, in general and some of the other societies that go along with it, it's in there. Uh, go look at the titling of the 40-some episodes of the Mystery Babylon series, and you will definitely learn some things in there. As a matter of fact, I, I can't authenticate the identity, but uh, I could definitely say i i looked at a lot of the information there's a three-part episode i think he did with a guy who was a, a freemason he got all the way up to the 32nd and i was already familiar with some of that work and i can say that at least what i knew definitely matched up but uh there's a lot to freemasonry and a lot of it of big surprise is highly symbolic so no i'll go on <laughs>
3: Did you get
0: that video queued up yet? Oh, well, I put it in the uh, in the chat room for everybody. I, I'm not going to play it here um, because I don't know if it'll translate well. I've got to make sure things will play right on OBS before I, I start uh, playing around while we're live. But I'll get that stuff working. Is Lucifer even a real entity? Ah, that's an interesting question. I guess that would depend upon who you ask. Uh, The one thing I can tell you, and I know Wayne can explain this better than me, is that Lucifer and Satan, uh, in in the more biblical sense, are not the same entity. It's gotten, the whole devil concept has gotten extremely homogenized over the decades, uh, over the past couple hundred years, but... Is it a real entity? Eh, uh, Do I personally think? No, I I don't. But uh, a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, I highly suspect that when you have a lot of minds putting energy to a singular concept, that things can happen. Right. Mass consciousness and 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 things like
3: that. That's an important concept to remember, too, is, uh, you know... uh, it's a concept when you think of these things, not necessarily as entities or beings, but as as concepts or as ideas or archetypes. Archetype is probably the best word for it. Uh, it's it's something that uh, when enough of the mass consciousness feeds into it, it takes on a life of its own and it becomes something either called a like an egregore uh, is a term that they use in magic or uh, Um, A tulpa—that's the other term uh, that I've heard bantied about too. So when you look at these these energetic forms, like your consciousness feeds into this, and at some point, it it could become an actual entity or thing based upon the the life energy that once again you're you're feeding it, or it's drawing from you, or vampirizing from you, and that's where a lot of these kind of concepts come from. When you look at it as as being a concept more than an entity. Uh, it kind of uh, disempowers it a little bit. But if you're looking at it as, as being an entity and, and giving it uh, full-fledged entityhood, then it's it could certainly have uh, a manifested power uh, over some portion of your reality. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things who could say for sure. We really don't know for sure. I, I do believe that there are spiritual entities that do exist that are both good and bad that exist on, you know, they exist on both sides, just like there's good humans and there's bad humans. Same thing, uh, you know, whether or not uh, these spiritual entities draw power from your, your consciousness or not, uh, that, that's another matter altogether. And I believe that that's a, a possibility that goes on, but there's no way to really answer for certain. You know, is this a real entity or not? When you're talking about Lucifer, uh, it, it's a personification for sure. When you you look at it from just the literature and stuff, we see it, it is a personification, and uh, sometimes sometimes it is kind of uh, muddled together with the whole Satan idea. And sometimes it's not, depending on the source. Now, biblically, they do kind of tie them together, although they're not really used interchangeably when you, you look at them in the original languages and stuff like that. But uh, the, the idea is there. The whole archetype is there. And uh, the word Satan actually comes from Satan, which is a term that just means adversary. Right. So, I mean, this is the whole duality principle and, you know, this is one of the major control mechanisms that's used, this whole duality principle. Mm-hmm. And this ties back uh, even to the Garden of Eden uh, idea when you look at it. I explore this a little more in my new book um, because this is part of the foundation of the control system is the duality idea. This is uh, when, the, you know, Adam and Eve take the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is what it's about, is learning the duality in the duality principle, and uh, when they do that, they introduce control into the natural system. So, this this is kind of what goes on with this, and this is where the whole idea of the adversary comes from. And uh, you know, the Lucifer idea is heavily tied to this. So, whether there's actual spiritual entities or not that are involved with this or not is open for debate, and it's kind of a matter of faith and a matter of belief. So. Uh, it's one of those things where it could go either way. i I'm not a guy with all the answers, certainly not. I have more questions than answers to anything, but uh, th- these are just things to remember in the form of concepts and think about them in the form of concepts so that you're not really uh, necessarily tying a personal belief or something to it. When you look at it as more of a concept than a concrete belief, or you know this is you know an actual thing or not, look at it as a concept or an archetype and uh it frees your mind to kind of think along different terms with this thing than you, what you normally would based upon your belief system. So when you do that that's kind of a freeing experience for you and you could see things from different perspectives that way. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. Think of these things as concepts or archetypes.
0: All right. Well, before we sign off, I'll address a quick bit about Lucifer here and Jesus and Prometheus because uh These things all kind of intertwine. The only thing I know about uh, Lucifer and Jesus is that they're both addressed as the morning star at different points in the Bible. I just don't recall where. Maybe Wayne does know. Uh, But that's where the parallels there are drawn. And I think this is where a lot of people kind of like the Freemasons get this dual nature thing. And you got to remember they use a lot of dual... Uh, duality kind of symbolism, the black and white chapter board being the most obvious one. Uh, Don't forget, they always use the two pillars. There's all these kinds of things that uh, give off this symbolism of duality. So keep that in mind. Uh, Lucifer and Prometheus. Well, Prometheus is again the light bearer because he does indeed bring fire back to mankind. And there are um, obvious parallels to the stories. You have to boil it down. It's all symbology. It's a. Uh, it completely boils down to what the concepts actually are: light bringer, light bearer, all that sort of thing, and that is definitely what Freemasons are after. And you start finding those things out once you hit into the thirtieth degree. Uh, once you get up there, it's no longer memory work. From what I understand, now you're having sort of like a play put on for you, where you're just accepting the degree 30th, thirty first, thirty second and uh there is a 33rd as i mentioned earlier but that is very highly um selective i think you have to go through a big old process before you can be brought into that aspect of it and some of the people who are people like buzz aldrin is a 33rd degree uh they're not talking about much so there you have it but uh wayne someone was asking about your books if you want to talk about that for a moment before we sign off go right ahead
3: All right. If anybody's interested in picking up my books, uh, I I have two books out currently. My first book I wrote is called The Alchemical Tech Revolution, Fulfilling Ancient Esoteric Agendas Through the Use of High Technology. Uh, That's available on Amazon or at any other fine book retailer. Uh, My more recent book is called The Autism Epidemic Transhumanism's Dirty Little Secret. That one's also available at Amazon or at any other fine book retailer at this point, too. Uh, If anybody wants to check out any of my other work, uh, go to Files from the Conspiratorium on Facebook. That's where I you know, do most of my social media posting and stuff like that. Or I do have a small YouTube channel of my own called Alchemical Tech Revolution, which I do fully intend to start posting more things on. It's just kind of been something that's been sitting there for a couple of years, a tool that I haven't really used because, uh, I'll be honest. I, I I have a hard time finding time to do a lot of this stuff. Uh, I'm kind of stretched thin, but, uh, I, I do, uh, put a lot of time and effort and research into things so if people want to check out those uh different places that'd be great if anybody wants to contact me they can reach me at alchemicaltechrevolution at gmail.com or uh i'll be here every wednesday night with jason here on secrets of saturn live and i do pop in on crow triple seven radio every now and again so uh you know if anybody's interested in checking out those different points by all means go ahead i i would greatly appreciate it
0: all right, and again, our sponsor is our friend Randy from Houston and his company Lower the Friction. Um, I just want to let folks know it is not snake oil, no matter what some folks might say. I know what the product is. I, I know what goes into it to, to a degree anyway. I, don't, I mean, I, I haven't been handed patents or anything, but I know what it is, and I am seeing results. That's why I agreed to bring Randy on as a sponsor when he asked if I wanted to do it, so – check him out and again promo code SOS will get you 5% off. Uh Wayne, it's been a great show. Crow, thank you for being here again even though you're 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 in the dreamland right now and we will absolutely see you next week. Take care everyone.
3: Have a good night all.